Hello and welcome to the Box Watch podcast. This is episode 30. I'm here with James and we're going to be discussing Red Bull dominance. The uh, highs uh, of Red Bull have been very much uh, recent in F1, certainly enjoying success in the last two or three years. Uh, so the question that James and I are going to be trying to answer for you today is Red Bull dominance, will it ever end? And if so, who to? So James, what are your first thoughts on this question about Red Bull dominance? My first thoughts is that this dominance from Red Bull is definitely going to continue up until 2026 with the new regulation changes. And even then, I don't think... I haven't I haven't really had a look at the um, new regs. And as far as I know, there isn't much changed there. I think it's more... It's definitely more focused around the engine and the battery. And... As far as I know, there's no, there's absolutely no weak link in um in the Red Bull in the Red Bull outputs. There's Honda that's been producing incredible engines and which has obviously been a part of their insane red lines um straight line speed. And obviously their aero efficiency and their downfalls around the corners. Um all thanks to Adrian Newey and the technical um directive of the team. All of it has been flawless and I'm very much of a, a from a spectator's point of view, I'm very impressed with Red Bull, and I think that the uh, the best constructors should be rewarded for their efforts because um, their run of success this year has been incredible. I don't think um, I don't think anyone can deny that. Certainly, Max Verstappen's run of ten wins, stretching from I don't know what it was, I think it's like Miami or something, to uh, Miami to what. It, uh, it's Italy, and it's just been ended by um, Carlos Sainz of all people um, in Singapore. I think it's, I think it's quite an inc- quite an incredible achievement for the team, and I think that honestly, as far as I as far as I know, there isn't there aren't many people that I can think of who can uh, who can really challenge them up until the aforementioned technical regulations, and even that I think is a slim chance. Because obviously, Red Bull don't need to develop their car throughout this season. They don't need the the gap they've maintained just with their car and with their drivers or driver, I suppose, through Max Verstappen. It has been dominant to the points that they can just focus on car after the car after the car, and I don't see any any change in the technical directive in Mercedes, Aston Martin, McLaren, or. Ferrari that would suggest a um, a challenge to Rebel's title in twenty twenty four and pro- possibly twenty twenty five. So, I guess from a spectator's perspective, I will probably be a little bit disappointed next year because, as far as as far as I know, Adrian Newey is going to kick up another monster because I think this is obviously the most dominant car that we've seen in F1 in a very, very long time. Probably probably not, um, probably not. eclipsed by maybe some of most of Sebastian Vettel's cars. Maybe, but yeah, even even that is a result of uh, the Rebel team. So I don't see many changes in Mercedes or Ferrari for that matter. I think out of the lot, Mercedes are probably going to be the, um, are probably going to be the, most likely, Ferrari's problem has always been of consistency. They've never been able to maintain a, tri- a title challenge up until maybe like the uh, like the the second half of the season. And Mercedes have got the resources, and they've and they're not too far away. 
Well, I, I mean, certainly I don't have to look, look back across calendar years when they were winning races at regular, uh, regular points. So I think the driver pairing of Lewis Hamilton and George Russell are certainly um, the combo to take down both Perez and Verstappen. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just uh, there's a couple of things that you raised there which we'll go over. The first one about Adrian Newey. Now, he spent uh, thir- the last 35 years of his life in F1. He is 64 years old. Do you think, James, as uh, an F1 fan, do you think that Adrian Newey is nearing the stage of his retirement? We have this conversation uh, almost every year about how much longer can Newey go. But do you think, obviously he's great mind, do you think that Newey has a... Um, has a right-hand man that will he, he that he will be able to pass uh, his knowledge on to? Do you think Red Bull will be in good hands? Um, I think that I think that Red Bull will be in very good hands. I think the um, the place that Adrian Newey has put them in right now is obviously one of extreme extreme power. I think that honestly, I think that Adrian Newey is probably going to continue uh, with Red Bull until he he makes the decision to to retire. I think that. Because even I would have expected Adrian Newey to maybe go to Ferrari or maybe even back to McLaren at this stage. And but the obviously the the loyalty that um, that Adrian Newey has built up with Red Bull, um, it's, it's, he's definitely been the most loyal um, out of all the constructors that he's worked for, including McLaren Williams. This is the one who's definitely stayed at the longest, and I think that's probably going to long con- long continue. Uh, with Red Bull up until the point where yeah he decides and as far as you know handing on the torch to the next designer, I I honestly think that it's going to be a hard act to follow for whoever is going to you know succeed Adrian Newey in the design department because currently as it stands Adrian Newey has got the most he's got the most dominant F F one car we've ever seen I think probably rivaling the likes of. Um, Hamilton's 2020 Mercedes, Schumacher's F2004, and Senna's MP MP44, and I think I I certainly don't doubt the um the, the successor, whoever he may be. I have no idea, um, but yeah, I think it, it would definitely be a tough act to follow, and I'm but I'm sure they'll still be um still be winning races on a regular occurrence. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like you said, whoever whoever takes up the role has got a, um, a big boots to fill. But I think Adrian Newey would certainly be uh, selecting, I think, someone that he would want to pass it over to. Uh, so just uh, four more things that I've got before um, uh, at the end of for this uh, uh, shortened uh, podcast. Do let us know if you prefer the shorter versions. Uh, we're, we're trying to do... Uh, more podcasts, but um, make them a bit shorter. So, uh, first thing, Ford. There's obviously uh, a new partnership for Red Bull where they've taken up Ford uh, and dropping Honda, even though they decided to move away from Honda anyway. Uh, do you think, James, that that will be too much of an increase? Uh, uh, too much of a difference, sorry, because we've seen... Uh, Red Bull try and go away from Honda because they want to have their chassis and their engine all 
uh, integrated into one? Do you think that'll uh, make it a bit more even or not? I was, I've permanently blocked the idea of, um, I've definitely permanently blocked the Red Bull uh, livery livery reveal out of my man. So obviously I've completely forgotten the deal that they've struck with, uh, they've struck with Red Bull. So, I think that is it's certainly a risk, considering that Honda have been producing incredibly reliable, incredibly powerful um, outputs. Although, I suppose from a manufacturer from a manufacturer's perspective, Ford have a lot of Ford, It's probably easy easy for Ford to enter now. They're starting fresh. They've got several years to develop the technologies that uh, Honda that Honda have, and it's. And it's, and it's new technical regulation, which are already already easier. I mean, if we, if we look at the uh, if we look at Mercedes in twenty fourteen and their V six turbo hybrid engine, if with a massive regulation change like that, especially connected to the um, to the engine, then you're looking at massive gains. The only the only you know only doubt I have with Ford is just their lack of experience in F one. I think. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't actually remember the last time that Ford um, ran an F1 car. It might actually be at this very start of uh, Red Bull's life with uh, Jaguar, um, as far as I know. But I, I'll be, I'll be cautious, cautiously optimistic about uh, partnership between Ford, uh, Ford and Red Bull. Although I don't really think it's going to give them much of uh, much more success than with the Honda deal. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I agree with you there. So we got uh, you just touched on there uh, about the rule changes. Uh, every couple of years, F1 likes to change things up a little bit. Uh, obviously, there's uh, large, certainly engine ch- changes coming in 2026. Do you think that'll be the chance for some teams to be able to climb up the rankings? Or do you think Red Bull, due to their dominance, can work on the car a bit quicker? And therefore keep their dominance. I mean, I think it's it's such a hard thing to say with twenty twenty six regulations. Obviously, we had um, obviously. I mean, if we look at the last two major technical regulations um, changes that we've had, we've had Mercedes obviously coming out of nowhere with their extremely powerful um, powertrain um, right off the back of uh, Red Bull's dominant uh, 2013 season so in that case it's definitely an, an underdog, uh, underdog story so if we fit that narrative into 2026 then sure we could have maybe even McLaren or Aston Martin vying for the top spot alongside Ferrari and Mercedes or we could have um, you know the most recent in changes in 2022 where Red Bull have continued um, their success from 2021 have carried over with into a more even more dominant couple seasons. So I think that it's definitely, there's definitely potential for challenges to, um, <clears throat> challenges to well, challenge, uh, challenge Red Bull's championship run. Although I think Red Bull, Red Bull is probably still going to get it. I don't see, I don't see any changes within Aston Martin or McLaren really. That would suggest a title for a title challenge, but in terms of 
I, th- I think what we need to do is we need to let uh, Freddie Vasseur of Ferrari to give give him time to build up this the team dynamic that we need a bit like uh, Jean Todd in the early two thousands and late nineties. But uh, yeah, I I think that I think that probably Ferrari and Mercedes is definitely in the best position to challenge Red Bull in twenty twenty six. And if we want to if we want to move on to maybe back markers, I think that probably probably Williams have got a good chance of um good chance of coming up through the through the ranks because their car's been you know, it's been getting it's been getting better. It's no longer a rare occurrence that they score points. I've, I believe they're currently P seven as a result of uh, solely Alex Albon, I believe. I think um, we're going to have to definitely release an episode on the driver markets, with, especially with how uh, De Vries, Sargent and Ricardo are concerned. But, uh, yeah, I think overall, the um, the rising stars of F1, especially maybe in 2026, Mercedes, Ferrari and Williams. That's my bet. Yeah, I think Williams is certainly an interesting shout. Uh, so, just briefly... Driver issues. We've seen a bit of tension between Max and Perez. Max has obviously got some preferential treatment from the team. I think Perez will uh, will probably stay at the team. He has done all right. Obviously, there has been quite a few uh, races this season where he's not got into Q3 or he's gone out in Q1 as well, or he's had poor races. But I think there obviously is the question of whether Ricardo will knock on the door but I think I think for now Red Bull will keep it uh like that well uh we, we're looking to create an episode about Alpha Terry so stay I tuned think, for that I think coming off the back of Suzuki Sergio Perez has got to step up I think it was just it was such a messy weekend from him he was battling with cars he shouldn't be even fighting with and he and by and, and by by what I mean by battling is he was smashing into the side of the, I think it was Kevin Magnussen, three front wing changes, a very strange moment where he got out of the car before being promptly shoved in again, and then I think being retired from the race again after that. The only reason he went out was just to serve five-second penalty. So I, I do think there is pressure for Sergio Perez to improve because these are not the kind of performances that we were expecting out of the second Red Bull seat, even if it is the second rebel seat and the second obviously has preferential treatment, which there's no, there's no beating around the bush. He definitely has, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Ricardo performs as soon as he gets back in the Alphatari seat, because as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, Lawson has shown, Lawson has shown to be an extremely competent driver. And if rebel are looking at uh, maybe a driver to replace, um, replace Perez, due to his performances, which, although they're definitely not harming the team, I mean, Max could Max could easily run a one-car team and still be beating Mercedes at this point. Um, even if they were to run that, I think they'd still be in first. But I think, honestly, Lawson would be the best pick because this is, Lawson has shown that he's capable of scoring points in a very... in a... In a Absolute c- catastrophic piece of rubbish that is the AlphaTauri car. So, I think it's yeah, I think it's the best pick for Red Bull. 
And just to end this episode, I'd like to just pose the question, who will topple Red Bull? Mercedes are still struggling with their car. Aston Martin are just not good enough and their driver lineup has been uh, struggling. Alonso's done very well, but whether Stroll can actually back him up. Ferrari have still got problems. Science did well uh, in Singapore, but they still have many, many issues. And Alpine have also been struggling. So who do you think will be able to topple Red Bull in the end? Thanks for listening.